What's going on, listeners? You have reached the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to our show. My name is Robert Eng. This is a podcast where we discuss all things pop culture and entertainment, such as movies and television. With me, my good buddy from Florida. Say what's up to Michael Sheehan. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, everybody? How's, how's everybody doing out there? Silence. Silence. They can't They can't answer back, Mike. Why are you doing this? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> anyway, this is our part two of our movie March Madness bracket where we are breaking down the best picture winners of the Oscars since the year 2000. We went through the first round in our part one segment of the podcast. And now, part two, we're going to bring it home. We're going to go through the Elite Eight. We're going to go through the final four, and then finally, we're going to have our championship matchup all packed in this one episode. Are you ready, Mike? I am absolutely ready. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. So, let's start out with the number one seed, that is Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, versus the number eight seed, The King's speech and this is an interesting matchup because they're completely different movies but still i think lord of the rings is going to really keep up with its number one seed and i'm going to slay say at least for me slam dunk lord of the rings return of the king is the better and more enjoyable movie in my opinion michael what do you think so i'm a little torn on this matchup because while i definitely think that the return of the king is the better film uh I don't know how, but I wouldn't say by far, but I definitely think it's a better film. But I, I as far as like enjoyability and rewatchability, um, the King's Speech is definitely a lot more rewatchable for me. Um, you know, mainly because like the Return of the King is like the final film of of you know the um, the trilogy there. So you almost have to like watch the first two before you could watch the third one again, kind of. So it's a lot of work. Uh, but I think ultimately I'm going to side with the better film and go with and side with you for Return of the King. Return of the King it is. It moves on to our final four. All right. Next matchup on the other side of the bracket, we have the number two seed, The Departed, versus the number seven seed, A Beautiful Mind. By the way, I want to say that there were no upsets <laughs> in the first round. We have one th seeds one through eight that moved on in our Elite Eight, so that's kind of funny. Anyway, so we have The Departed versus A Beautiful Mind. I think, that, again, this is another movie that is keeping up with the seed and I think the parted is clearly the superior film, the more enjoyable film. In my opinion, I mean just the better film and the film that I've watched way more times than A Beautiful Mind. So this is an easy pick for me. I'm picking the departed. What about you, Mike? Freaking love the departed. <laughs> That's my attempt at a Boston accent. I know how terrible it is, believe me. Um, I love the departed is such a great movie. Uh, and then Beautiful Mind is a really, really good movie, but I, I think we talked about this in the first round. It's kind of just faded over time. Um, you know, it is it, it, a good movie when it came out. Uh, got a lot of praise, but The Departed stays strong, man. Every time it's on TV, and it is on TV a lot. Um, I tune in for a portion, um, sometimes the whole movie over and over again. Love it. Lock it up. Lock and loaded for The Departed. Moving on. So we have our favorites, one and two seeds, moving on with a forceful of nature right there. So let's go on 
Number three, Slumdog Millionaire versus number six, The Hurt Locker. And I love both of these movies very much. I think we talked about, um, you know, how enjoyable Slumdog Millionaire was. And it was kind of a, it's it's a different film. I, what I like about Slumdog Millionaire the most out of all these Best Picture winners since the year 2000 is how kind of different Slumdog Millionaire feels. You know, it's like, it's not exactly... I don't know. Uh, it, it, there's 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 just some culture involved. There's there's differences. There's actors that like I've never heard of prior to that movie. While all the other movies have star power in every in like especially the leading roles. So I really did appreciate when Slumdog Millionaire won in that year and the, the direction from Danny Boyle. That being said, I think The Hurt Locker is a phenomenal film. It's in my opinion, like, if not the best war film, one of the best war films in the past 20 years, and it, it, it builds tension unlike any other film that, in my opinion, is on this bracket or, you know, that I've seen in recent memory, and it, it tells a story that is not, has not been told or it really does not point out a lot of times in, in movies that we consider war films. So uh, I'm going to go with The Hurt Locker, number six, over Slumdog Millionaire on this one, just because, like I said, like as much as I've seen Slumdog Millionaire and as much as I love that film and how enjoyable it is, um, The Hurt Locker is just, in my opinion, the more important film, the film that just really grabs my attention a little bit more. It is, it is such an interesting film about you know the, the 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 soldiers that have to deal with this crazy job of defusing bombs and every single scene is just so tension filled and i i mean i love this film so i'm going with the hurt locker mike what do you think you know you you said it all pretty much i don't know what else i could really add um i also was going to go with the hurt locker and i thought it was funny i was like oh rob's going to pick slum dog millionaire and we're going to have to go to the to the tiebreaker but now we're we're in agreement here. The Hurt Locker is a great film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, it's definitely worth a rewatch. It's just a really good film. I do want to point out, I think, I mean, I have to look on IMDb, but I want to say that launched Jeremy Rayner's career. I don't know if he had been in much, if anything, before that movie. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Renner was definitely a, a superstar in that film, and you're right, I'm not sure how big he was before then, I'm sure he was in probably little films, but that definitely launched the uh, the career that he has now, at least. So, Hurt Locker moves on, we have our first upset, whoa, upset, sit, tea in the house, alright, so that moving on, we have one more matchup left in our Elite Eight, we have... The number four seed, No Country for Old Men, versus the number five seed, Gladiator. And, I mean, just like the previous matchup, I love both of these movies so, so much. Um, no Country for Old Men is, in my opinion, the best Coen Brothers film, and they have a very good collection of movies, so that is saying a lot and and I think I said that I think I said this in the previous uh, podcast episode talking about these brackets that No Country for Old Men is still a movie that I remember seeing in the theaters. It was a cinematic experience. It was a very memorable 
film for me to see in the theaters that I remember like, the, everything that I thought from the first scene to the last and that ending, the way it made me feel, the way it made me feel leaving that theater, I was thinking about that film constantly for the next week. It was a film that really, really impacted me. Um, Gladiator is just an epic though, an epic large-scale movie that really influenced, you know, pop culture and movies for years to come because of the success of that film. There were new hand, a handful of epic movies that just tried to emulate what Gladiator did. So that is how impactful Gladiator was to the movie landscape. And on top of that, it, it had some great performances by Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe. And it was just, like I said, an epic. We don't get those type of epics anymore. And so that is an amazing film. This is a really, really hard pick for me. Um, just, oh, it's really, really, really tough. I'm going to go with No Country for Old Men simply because I I like the movie more. I mean, I I have rewatched both movies semi recently and I had more enjoyment watching No Country than Gladiator. I thought there were parts that Gladiator did kind of seem long. It, it was dragging a bit and No Country just has an incredible villain, arguably the best villain in this character in all of these best picture movies and just in movies in general in the, since the year 2000. Um, like I said, it's like a perfect Coen Brother film. I read the novel too by Cormac McCarthy. It is a, such a great and uh, just a great look and a great story that he told tells. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I was very, very torn between this matchup. But I'm picking No Country for Old Men by a slim margin. Mike, what about you? So, No Country for Old Men... I would agree with you, has the best villain um, in any of these films that are, 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 are in the bracket. But Gladiator arguably has the best hero. You know, um, just the, the whole story of uh, Maximus Aurelius in Gladiator um, is just unbelievable. And, you know, it just keeps building. He, he has... If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. You know, his, his whole family is... He's like the... He leads the Roman uh, army. Then his family is killed, and he's basically banished um, and sent off to die. And somehow, you know, he lives, and he becomes a gladiator and fights his way up to ultimately fighting and killing, um, you know, Joaquin Phoenix character, whose name escapes me. Uh, it's, just, it's just an amazing story. It's one that, like, I could... I think about all the time when I watch other films just because the writing is amazing, like the way they build and build on this character and he's, you know, he's at the top, then he's broken down, then he's built back up. Um, it, and there's so much more I can go on for the film, but I, I want to cut it short. Basically, I'm picking Gladiator. I, I think it's the better film uh, over No Country for Old Men. But I did love No Country for Old Men. I don't want to diss the film at all. It is the best Coen Brothers Coen Brothers film. Um, so yeah, I loved it. And the, the villain, like you said, amazing. Best villain ever, maybe. All right, so we have ourselves a tie. We're going to our subjective score tiebreaker where Mike and I, we ranked our films prior to this bracket and we don't know each other's rankings at all but based on where we ranked each film it's combined for a subjective score so whatever film has the highest subjective score will move on 
from this matchup. So let's look at No Country for Old Men first. And that score is a 27. I know these numbers mean nothing to you and to the listeners. And it honestly means nothing to me right now because I don't even know how, I don't remember how this was tallied. So Gladiator's subjective score is a 22. So, no! <laughs> sorry, Mike, no country is moving on. And I... I know Mike for a long time, and I know that Gladiator probably was your favorite best picture since 2000 when we did the rankings, Mike. Am I right or wrong on that? You're, you're right. I was really hoping Gladiator was going to take down this whole bracket. That's, <laughs> this is a huge upset in my mind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that again, that was a really tricky one to pick, and we had the tie break, and you know, it was very close for the subjective score. Um, okay, so we have to move on to our final four now, where we have the number one seed, Lord of the Rings, Departed, number two seed, Hurt Locker, number six, and No Country, number four seed. So you ready to go, Mike? I guess, if we have to. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go on after this. Mike just, it's like, <laughs> it's like someone taking down, like, you know, UConn or Duke first round. Like, why even watch this bracket anymore? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so. But well, we gotta go on. So we have our matchup Lord of the Rings, the number one seed, The Return of the King, versus what just won, No Country for Old Men. Mike, I know you might be a little bit bitter, but trying to not let that influence your discussion here. Who, what movie do you think should move on to the championship round? This is an interesting matchup because, I mean, these movies are not similar in any capacity whatsoever. Um,. <laughs> You know, I, I, I guess I'm going to go with No Country for Old Men over Lord of the Rings. The, the thing that keeps dragging me down about Return of the King is really that it is part of a trilogy. And, like, while it is the best of the three films, it still relies heavily on those other films to get it to where it is. Um, and I, while I love the movie and I love, for what, I love it for what it is, but it doesn't, it doesn't stand up kind of as a standalone film in some capacity. Like, if you, if the other two movies didn't exist, obviously, because it's a trilogy, like, could you just watch the third one, get, understand the story, and would it be as impactful? Would it be as meaningful? And I don't know the answer. My gut says no. Um, so, I guess just for that reason alone, uh, No Country for Old Men edges it out, because it's a perfect standalone film, um, and it was amazing. So, yeah. What do you think? I mean, you bring up an absolute great point. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. It's the only, you know, sequel, trilogy, franchise movie out of all of the films of this bracket. And, like, I mean, we know the Academies. We know the Oscars. And they rarely do they give the award for Best Picture to a film like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, which it is a sequel, which it is a part of a franchise. All these other films are originals, just standalone films. So you're absolutely right, Mike, that, like, if you just look at Return of the King by itself, yeah, you, you need you need the two films that came prior to it to understand what's going on, to really grasp the the impact of that movie. Um, that being said, I you know, I think Lord of the Rings Return of the King won that year just because it was the third and last film and this was the last chance for them to award this franchise because previously those I mean, every single film of this trilogy was nominated for Best Picture, so I guess the Academy was just like, you know, this is one of the best trilogies, if not the best trilogy of all time. We have to reward this 
this franchise, this film, and so that it was it kind of became more of a this was the best picture for Lord of the Rings, the entire trilogy, rather than just that third movie. But yes, I understand what you're saying. It, it's tough to just look at that third movie and compare it to a film like, I mean, any of these films in a way, because they are just so excellent by itself. Um, that being said, I am also picking No Country for Old Man, because I just, the more and more I, I think about it, and, and we're talking about it now, is the more I want to watch it right now, the more that it just had such a great and gritty tone to it. It is, it, it is not a film that, like, I would really think that the Academy would reward, but we've been talking about that kind of frequently, and so I guess it's just the way it was that year. But yes, I'm picking no country for old men to move on to the championship. Anything else you want to say, Mike, about this matchup? Well, just like a random side note, because you said, you know, Lord of the Rings might be the best trilogy. So, like, could you consider any of the episodes of the Star Wars trilogies any longer because there's been so many more than three. Like, originally, right, it was the Star Wars trilogy, so that would have been the greatest one of all time, arguably. But they've had so many other episodes now. Is it, like, what do you phrase that? It's just, you know, uh, what do you think? Could Can you look at those as trilogies, three, you know, sets of three films released at a time? How does that work in your mind? And yeah, you know, I mean, we're going to have to probably do this one day. We're going to try to debate and talk about our favorite trilogies or favorite franchises of all time. That would be a great episode or two. Um, for me, I would say I can count the original trilogy of Star Wars still as a trilogy. Maybe even the second trilogy. But the way that they're banging out Star Wars films now because Disney has owned them and they just, they're money-making machines. And that's all Disney really cares about it's they're not they're not being released as trilogies anymore it's even though it could be episode you know seven eight nine but then there's the han solo there's gonna be a whole bunch of other star wars type films it just seems more like a franchise now to me i would still count the the yeah, episode four five six as a trilogy for star wars just because of the proximity of the movies coming out because who was involved with it and everything but yes and and they also count as the whole franchise of and Star Wars as well. What about you, Mike? What do you think about that? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a hard question, you know? Like, I, my gut says, like, oh, yeah, it was a trilogy, but because they've released more films, I feel like it can't be a trilogy anymore. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. It, it, so I guess let's make the same argument for Lord of the Rings, right? Because they made more films after the original trilogy. So is that even still a trilogy anymore? Right. You know, I don't know. I think this might be a longer podcast, longer discussion, <laughs> but it just kind of like, it, it's an interesting thing to think about. Yes, definitely an interesting thing to pick up. And I, I think we're going to have to pen that one in and we're going to have to talk about this, make this a future episode very soon. I like this uh, conversation that we started. All right, so we're moving on to the other Final Four? Yes, we are. It's number two seed, The Departed, versus number six seed, The Hurt Locker. Uh, what do you think, Mike? This is an interesting matchup. Both fantastic films. Um, both phenomenal acting uh, showcases. Um, I I'm going with The Departed. You know, there's just so much more... The, the Departed is just an epic film. You know, I, I love the, the the crime aspect of it. I love the, the, you know, you don't know 
who's playing what side, who's going to be found out, you know, that kind of mystery of, like, what's going to happen throughout the movie. Um, the all-star cast, uh, DiCaprio, Damon, um, Nicholson, you know, all those guys in that movie, Wahlberg, I'm going to miss naming a ton of people, but just just awesome movie. I also love Alec Baldwin in, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's got a small part, right? But I, I, I really enjoyed him in that movie. Yeah, without a doubt, he was awesome in that. So you're picking The Departed? Yep, that's my pick. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to agree with you, Mike. I'm picking The Departed. Like, you know, we discussed already how much we love The Hurt Locker. I'm just picking The Departed over The Hurt Locker just because I think it's slightly more enjoyable. I have seen the movie more. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I can. There's things to knock on The Departed, but I really, really just enjoyed that film from front to finish. Like you said, the mystery aspect, who's the mole and stuff like that, the crime aspect. The, the, and like you just said, you said it best, the all-star cast. The cast is undeniably, incredibly amazing. And The Hurt Locker is just such a small film. You know, going up against The Departed is really, really difficult because The Hurt Locker was just like the tiniest, tiniest of films. It builds suspense in such a different way. And but still, I would I would definitely pick the Departed over the Hurt Locker for this matchup. All right, so that is moving on. Let me just write it down. Her. So our championship matchup for our March Movie Madness bracket for Best Pictures winners since the year two thousand is the number two seed, The Departed, versus the number four seed, No Country for Old. Men. So, Mike, how do you want to do this? Uh, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Which one? I, I will. I will go ahead and go first. I, I already feel like I, I have an inclination of how this is going to go down. So, uh, I think I'll go first. All right, go ahead, Mike. Who is your pick for the winner of this bracket? So, first, let me just say I'm pretty. This is interesting. The way this bracket has unfolded, I would not have obviously predicted that this would be the final matchup. Um, that being said, you know, The Departed, uh, No Country for Old Men, both phenomenal films, obviously Oscar winners. Um, so much talent on, uh, involved in both of those movies. But I have to go with The Departed. Um, you know, this is Martin Scorsese's, uh, he, this is the first time he got his Oscar for directing a film, which is unbelievable. <laughs> um, and it, it really, for good reason, because the movie is just amazing. You know, from start to finish, you're just strapped in for the ride. You're you're watching the you know what happens with these characters um, as the as the mystery unfolds, as the drama unfolds. You know, the way they build the characters in the movie. Um, I'm not sure of the runtime of this movie. Uh, it, it feels like a really long film, but I'm never bored for a minute of it. At least for me specifically. So for all those reasons. You know, it has to it has to edge out No Country for Old Men in my mind. Um, and you know, unfortunately, you know, Anton bites the dust. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So Mike's picking The Departed, and I think you're right about what you're thinking, Mike, because I'm picking No Country for Old Men to win this matchup. Like I said, I love The Departed. It's very enjoyable. Um, but you know, I, I I do think it's it is slightly a little bit too long. And it, it does drag certain at certain parts, and I don't know. Maybe just no country for old men. Maybe it's maybe just 
impacted me in a different way where like it's not commonly felt <laughs> like i don't know i have these strong emotions attached to my time seeing no country for old men and my time seeing it again and again and again and just i don't know there's just certain scenes that really stick out to me and i love just this this gritty story of the the man i mean maybe slight spoilers right now but the man who finds the money just trying to to, to, to take this money, but then this villain, Anton Trigger, he's such a fascinating character. And Javier Bardem, I had no idea who he was prior to this role. So just having, just seeing him for me for the first time, just killing it in this, this villainous role. And this villain who has some type of, some type of morals. He just wants to keep things up to luck. There's a lot of luck versus fate here. There's a lot of, you know, Tommy Lee Jones trying to really see if he's fit to be, you know, living in this world anymore. This, 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 this creature that just, this evil that exists in him that he's never seen before as a very aging sheriff in this, you know, town. I don't know. The story just weaves itself so perfectly. And there's so many tense situations that I love of absolute, like, pure silence where there's no score going on in the background. And it's just... You know, there's, it's very dark. There's there's obviously, you know, a handful of scenes that I'm thinking about right now in, in hotel scenes and just trying to hide the money, just trying to run from the villain. And it's just, oh man, I, again, I just, I want to rewatch that movie right now once we're done with this podcast episode. Like I said, again, The Parted, excellent film. It made it to our championship round for great reason. It is a, a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, And yeah, so I'm just picking No Country for this matchup. Do you want to add on anything before we see who wins, Mike? Uh, I'll just give a little shout-out to Woody Harrelson in uh, No <laughs> yes. Country for Old Men because, you know, I, I'm not really too sure what it, what his career was doing kind of before that movie, but he gave an outstanding performance, and I feel like his career is kind of blown up since that movie. I, you know, you're right, and I feel like I feel like Woody Harrelson makes the most of his limited, like, screen time in a lot of movies. Like, I'm not sure if there's an actor that makes more of his limited screen time than Woody Harrelson. What about you, Mike? Yeah, man. You know, I, it's so funny. Like, he's becoming, like, more and more, uh, like, one of my favorite actors just because it, he's just been very consistent. Like, a lot of his performance, I'm like, especially, you know, uh, a shout-out to three three billboards uh, from Ebbing, Missouri this year. I thought he was phenomenal, and he got an Oscar nom for it, and... I thought it was very well deserved. I thought he deserved to win, honestly. Um, so, you know, he's just, he's really, I don't know if he's getting better as an actor or if he's just always been really good, um, but I feel like every time I see him now, I appreciate his performances more and more. Yes, definitely. Hands down about that. Okay, so you ready for this uh, tie break subjective score, Mike? Yeah, I'm kind of interested how this is going to play out. The right. final countdown, man. The final matchup. <laughs> the final countdown. So, Mike, which one, which score do you want me to reveal first? No Country or Departed? Uh, well, yeah, pick, go with Departed since I picked that first. Okay, well, I'm going to pick, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm going to pick No Country <laughs> <laughs> because we already revealed the subjective score the prior um, round, so that's already still fresh in my mind. So, again, the subjective score <laughs> for No Country is 27 so now the question is does the departed have a higher subjective score to win this bracket or does no country for old men keep it going and holds up the title one two three so the departed score subjective score is 26 no country 
<laughs> no country wins by one point at the buzzer. No country is our champion for our best picture movie bracket. So, anything last to say, Mike, about this uh, this winner here? I want to protest. I don't. I, I want. <laughs> I want the results behind these subjective scores. You know, I I don't believe it, man. Alright, you know, I'll just look at it right now. I'll just look at it right now, okay? So Mike clearly, like we discussed, he picked Gladiator as his number one. Um, Departed was your number two. Very good. And then Beautiful Mind was your number three. So those got the most points out of our subjective scores. Um, that being said, for me, No Country was my number one. Lord of the Rings was my number two. And The Hurt Locker was my number three. So those were very high on my list. Departed was my number, I can't do this math backwards right now, but either four or five. And for Gladiator, that was my like, I, I again, I can't do this math quickly right now, but I'm going to say it's, it was like my number like eight, I want to say, seven or eight. I can't do the math right now. Seven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Can you, can you do the math right now? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do the math right now. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I will release the spreadsheet of all of our rankings and our formula for tallying up our seedings because, like, you know, there are a lot of things that happen within the seeding that maybe just gave it a gave it a matchup that wasn't, like, wasn't really ideal for Gladiator or someone else moving on. Like you said, what hurt Gladiator the most was its Rotten Tomato score. I think it had the lowest Rotten Tomato score of all the, the, the Best Picture winners in this bracket. And, yeah, I, I can understand that, but, you know, we also have to think about, like, the earlier we go toward, you know, closer to 2000, it, you know, I, I just don't know, like, how Rotten Tomatoes compiles that data, right? You know, did, was it using as many reviewers, or did, you know, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. Right, no, like, it, yeah, definitely I agree, it's interesting, it might be a little skewed, but, uh, yeah, prior to when Rotten Tomatoes really blew up, uh, yeah, they kind of just compiled together they look at the archives and just they say okay i guess this is a good review or this is a bad review and they gave it a rating i guess so anyway we are done that is our bracket no country for old men is our winner though mike is under protest so we might have to do another bracket very soon <laughs> we'll see um, anyway thank you for listening we are the popcorn and pop culture podcast check us out on twitter we have a youtube channel now where we're posting our podcast episodes we also have our wordpress blog and you can catch us anywhere that you can listen to your favorite podcast thank you peace peace